You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got uh, new GMs being hired around the league. We've got fewer and fewer head coaches now, and a really big one in Sean Payton, and we still have to check in with those the last two teams, the AFC teams, eliminated in the divisional round of the playoffs. What is next in the 2022 offseason for the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills? Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you here at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. This episode is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. More on this year's playoffs, Matt, as we get going throughout the week. Obviously, championship weekend. We're going to turn the page there. Um, On Friday, we're going to go deep into those teams in games. Tomorrow, we have a very special guest, Lauren Cox, who is the host of Locked on Bears, that can tell us a lot about Ryan Poles, because I don't think I have much to add aside from just the news that the the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings now have brand new GMs, and they're smart, well-thought-of around the league a gentleman that 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 interviewed well, Ryan Poles coming from the Kansas City Chiefs front office and the uh uh Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Uh the only reason I knew his name before this hiring cycle is because he came from the San Francisco Giants originally and he has got an odd path to becoming an NFL GM. He was in the finance world. He's a, a brilliant guy. He I think he had his undergrad in economics at Princeton, then got his master's at Stanford, then got hired in 2013 as uh, a research guy in the 49ers front office, and then sort of worked his way up the the charts, and Andrew Barry hired him in 2020 from the 49ers, made him a, a, a vice president of of player something. So he, he's not a, a scout. He's more from the, I, I just saw a, a bunch of breakdowns before the hiring cycle with GMs and, and they were looking into, okay, what's best to hire? Do you want to hire an accountant? Do you want to hire a scout as your GM? Do you want to lock your head coach and your GM together? Do you want to hire the coach first? And he has his own GM. Do you want to hire a GM first? And he has his own coach. And you know, there's no hard and fast way to do it, but it really seemed like the uh, the accountants, quote-unquote, are sort of catching up to the scouts as far as NFL GMs go around the league. Really smart people that understand the entire room and understand the research and then try to trust the scouting department when they make those decisions on draft day. And it looks like that's the way the Minnesota Vikings are going to go with this thing. Yeah, the nerds are catching up to the jocks, it sounds like. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think, <laughs> part, I think it helps in interviews, too. And I think that's part of it, because when some really brilliant guy that has all this data to back up everything comes in and interviews with you, uh, that probably, especially an owner who's in the business world already, right? I'm sure they speak more of the same language than a GM that's an ex-scout that comes in and he's MF and everything and, and, you know, maybe a little bit more of a caveman. And these guys are brilliant, too. I mean, these scouts and these execs and they've, you know, and, you know, I'm sure they're wearing a nice suit and all that stuff. But it's hard to compete with someone who, you know, studied it. Princeton and Stanford and 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 just it has been researching the NFL for the last decade. Absolutely. And very impressive resume. I mean it's certainly a different um path to get there. Um I'll do more homework on both these guys and we'll certainly talk Bears front office a little tomorrow as you mentioned, but very interesting. I mean, 
I'm not going to run from it. It's hard for me to comment on what these guys are as evaluators because we have no clue. I right. mean, we really nobody does unless you're in the room with those guys. And we still need but a few more years to figure out who these guys are going to be. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you really analyze them in three years or so. But sure seems like a smart dude that has a really cool and impressive path to getting to this position. How about Sean Payton? What is going on in yeah, the NFC? The NFC is is looking more and more wide open as we go through this offseason. Imagine an NFC. You talked about this on the latest episode of Locked On 49ers today. No Sean Payton coaching the Saints. Potentially Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers retiring. And those two players, I mean, obviously Tom Brady in the AFC for a long time, have dominated championship weekend for 20 years. It's going to look a lot different in the NFC and and open for some other teams to maybe get a foothold in and be the next power in the NFC for a very long time because the Saints were that. I, they only have um, the one Super Bowl victory to show for it, uh, you know, but, you know, no Drew Brees and now no Sean Payton. It's going to be tough for the Saints to turn this around. How does this job even look out there now? And, and I mean, Sean Payton's legacy speaks for itself. Yeah, and it's a good point I'm about the NFC really potentially getting weaker, you know, at the top in particular from last year to this. I mean, even a team like Minnesota, who's been a good team, you know, eight, nine, 10 win type of team. They look like they could be headed for a rebuild, you know, like who's ready to really step up. I mean, could it be the Niners and Rams that are still alive? I mean, uh, a team like Arizona, who, who knows? You know, we'll get to that obviously as the season goes on. Um, as for Peyton, I always say this about this generation of coaches that Belichick sits alone in the throne and there's no question about that. And I think during this Mahomes era, Reed is clearly number two, but I put Peyton right in the thick of it with Harbaugh, Tomlin, Carroll, you know, that these guys are to me, hall of fame coaches. They've done it a long time that have, you know, really been super impressive, have a lot of wins. And, you know, like when I mentioned Hall of Fame, I mean, Bill Cower just went in. Like, I would take all those guys over Cower, you know, particularly Peyton. And one thing I do know is there's a lot of offensive coaches in the league that when the season ends, their first little side task is go study Sean Payton's offense because I'm going to learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a great place to start. How about this? Yeah. Uh, here's, a, here's Sean Payton talking about his future and what's next for him. I still have a vision for, for doing things in football. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, that might be coaching again at some point. I don't think it's this year. I think maybe in the future, but that's not where my heart is right now. It's not at all. Leaving that door cracked open a little bit. Um, sure. the, the New Orleans Saints do have his right. He's under contract for, I think, three more seasons, too. So it's not like he was, uh, you know, had a, his contract up and is stepping away at that point. So let's say he sits for a year decides not to go into broadcasting, wants to coach again next year, then you have to start negotiating with the Saints if you want Sean Payton, Sean Payton to be your next coach. Or maybe he goes into the broadcast booth for a while, and he talked about that being something that he thinks sure. he'd be good at, and, and obviously his insight would be fantastic, I'm sure, in the broadcasting world. So it'll be interesting. And you know, uh, the NFL lost a, a really good coach, and so many teams are having a tough time as it is finding really good coaches. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned this last week too. I mean, just in history – some of the most successful, impressive coaches last like 10 to 12 years in that neighborhood. And after, I mean, it just takes a lot out of you to be in the same spot that long 
consistently winning. I mean, we talk about Vince Lombardi and Bill Walsh and, you know, you know Parcells of stops and things like that. And it just makes perfect sense. I mean, it, the, the question, I guess, that we should discuss is, is this a good job or a bad job? Man, if Brady retires, I think, and let's say Dennis Allen is, you know, just gets elevated to head coach of the New Orleans Saints from defensive coordinator. Makes sense, yeah. I would, th- I would think that the Saints' defense could score as many points as the rest of the offenses in the NFC South. You know, that like that's how bad the NFC South could be next year, and and, and I think it'd still be a pretty good job because I think there's a lot of talent. You still got a you know Pro Bowl running back. I don't know what's going on with Mike Thomas. Um, the 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 big downfall for them though is that salary cap situation. Maybe that's just something that Sean Payton looked at and is like, look, I don't have a quarterback, and we're going to start losing talent because we got to cut a bunch of guys because we got to figure out this cap situation and get it right. But the cap's going to go back up in 2023, so you can kind of take your medicine for one year and then really have everything fixed cap wise and, and maybe develop a young quarterback. I don't know. So I don't think it's a terrible job as far as jobs go. Um, and it seems like you know as far as being in New Orleans, and it used to be that you you'd be second fiddle to LSU and to college football. I don't think that's the case anymore. A lot of that is because of Sean Payton in a lot of ways. Um, so it's not a bad job because there is some talent. Uh, it, there there is some very very important decisions to be made in the short term, though, to figure out the cap and not lose all of that talent. Yeah, I mean, some of our the criteria we threw out for is this a good job or a bad job? I think the the good column is ownership, tradition, culture. I mean, all those things that Peyton built, especially if you're going to promote from within. This is a team used to winning, and I think ownership is very strong there to help you do that and understand what it takes to win football games. I also think the division is very appealing. I mean, uh, especially if and when Brady moves on that this division all of a sudden could be really bad and there for the taking um, cap quarterback, you know, resources to get better. All those things aren't so great <laughs> at all. I mean, like as mm-hmm. bad as you can get, to be honest with you, I mean, with the cap hell they're in uncertainty at quarterback, some bad um, contracts, terrible cap situation, you know, okay. Draft capital, but not great. And, I, I I clicked on NFL.com because they had a list of saints that they think could potentially be traded or moved because they need the cap space. And he, here's some of those names. So think about this team without Michael Thomas, Cameron Jordan, Taysom Hill, Demario Davis, Alvin Kamara, Andres Pete, David Onyemata, Malcolm Jenkins, Bradley Roby, Will Lutz, the kicker, even, you know, like they're really, it's that bad. I mean, he's a $5.5 million cap hit, the kicker. And I'm not saying all those guys are going to go, but some are. The kicker's got to go. Kicker's got to go. Right. Sorry, Will. (laughs) That's tough. Uh, That's, that is a very tough situation and they've been magical with the cap. Um, But the bill comes due at some point, so we'll see how that goes for the New Orleans Saints. Very interesting job there. We'll see if they do uh, hire from within or if they go outside the organization for their next head coach. But, you know, one of the greats of this era of of, of head coaching is now uh, no longer going to be coaching. He's semi-retired. He's going to be back, though. I think it's pretty clear. I can't picture it, but 
could the Falcons or Carolina be the team that not only steps up in the division, but the conference? I mean, I'm having a hard time creating that scenario. D- division first. And I, I, I mean, I, th- I was on board with the Panthers going into the year. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm not as sure, big picture, that they're in as good of a spot, but they they add a lot of talent to their defense. They have some playmakers on offense. Can they figure out quarterback and you know s- stability in that coaching staff? That's a horrible O line too. I, yeah, yeah. Figure out the O line as well, but I think they're closer than than the Falcons, maybe. Probably. I mean, quarterback's just a looming question. I mean, I don't think they're going to resurrect Arnold's career. The Falcons had a better record though. And I would still true, put, true. I mean, and look, th- there's a lot of talent on defense, even with without quarterback. And, you know, let's say even Arians moves on and Tom Brady moves on. And those offenses are kind of starting from scratch in both New Orleans and Tampa. If they're able to keep what talent they do have, aside from, you know, some some players that are aging and, and become free agents and, and that kind of thing. There's a lot of talent on both of those rosters. So they'd probably still be the top two as long as they can get some competent right. quarterback play. Yeah, as long as the Saints don't get just totally dismantled, you know, right? Just dismantled, and it's not you know Trask behind center for the box or you know Gabbert. Two teams that do not have to dismantle, and I'm sure we'll retool and try to get back at the the AFC Championship game next year and and get into that tournament one more time. It is the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills who were eliminated last week. What is there what is on their to-do list in 2022 next? We're all looking for an edge these days and I'd like to thank onlinegambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, onlinegambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge throughout the playoffs. They're providing you with the best NFL tips, news and more. To help make your bets as informed as ever. At the beginning of the playoffs, the experts at OnlineGambling.com asked me to show off my prediction skills and pick my Super Bowl finalists. Well, both one seeds are already out. If you remember back to uh, our draft of playoff teams, I think I only have one team left, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals, but I'm going to flip that pick. I think it's those San Francisco 49ers. Let's go. Best defense left in the playoffs that can go get this thing done. If you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, go find that edge. Make sure you head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for the latest gambling news, tips, odds to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I think these conversations are shorter than the NFC teams that were eliminated this week, Matt, because with the Buffalo Bills... It's clear you're going to lose some coaches and you've already lost, you know, one of your front office people to a GM job. You might lose your offensive coordinator, which is pretty big. You've got to replace the offensive coordinator. Make sure you don't lose anything on offense, but you've got a superstar quarterback, which makes the whole thing run and a pretty darn good defense. I think uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be in this thing for a while. Yeah, the Bills offseason to me is just keep doing what you're doing. You know, you build a really good thing here. You might have the second best team on the planet. You have an unbelievable quarterback, strong coaching staff. Yeah, you'll probably get pillaged a little bit as strong teams do. But you get your Avius White back. You know, you're not getting hit real hard with free agents coming up. Um, They have a little cap space. They're the team that isn't in the negative ledger right now that that has the least amount, though. They have 7 million cap space, which is like 27th-ish or so in the league. But they don't need a lot. Um... I would consider, you know, a a corner to complement White. You know, that would be a high priority for me, probably first round of the draft. 
And I would look at a, a guard, you know, like the kid out of A&M that looks like a really solid plug-and-play type of guard. But, I mean, when you need a second corner and a guard as your offseason priorities, <laughs> yeah. I think you can get that done. Yeah, maybe add another running back. It I, doesn't yeah. seem like they're fully in on – Singletary, Boss, even though he did yeah. take over down the stretch, and clearly they think highly, more highly of him than than Zach Moss, and you know they've tried to go middle, uh, you know, middle, mid rounds with running backs recently, and I'm sure they're not going to pay those guys big money when they become free agents anyway. So keep adding some talent there at running back, and you know, offensive line maybe allow them to run the ball a little bit more. Phys- philosophically, might change slightly with a new offensive coordinator if Brian Dable does get a. A head coaching job too so yes um just some some small changes but you've got quarterback you've got head coach you've got stability a lot of talent on both sides of the ball they're going to be back in and they're going to retool and go at this thing again yeah and every one of us is going to pick them to win the east next year yep. if not be their super bowl team like they're they're set up really really well how about the tennessee titans i think you have this to have a conversation about ryan Tannehill, right He's not going anywhere, but you kind of have to have one eye on maybe at some point we might need another quarterback. So do we draft and develop a guy? So maybe he's ready if we have to make that decision next year. Or do you go all in on Tannehill, bring everybody back, try to have a full season again of Derrick Henry carrying the ball 400 times and and go do your thing that way? It's it, they've fallen short too many times. I feel like you have to change something. I don't feel like they're going to though. I don't either, and I'm not even saying I would. But I think this is a pivotal off season for them in that they're seven million over the cap already. You know, like they're one of the teams that are not in desperation time, and I'm sure they can move contracts around as every team can and be okay. But they're not going to be buyers. It's going to be hard for them to keep and acquire talent in free agency. Their starting center is a free agent. I think right guard and right tackle are really problematic, especially in protection. Uh, their top tight end, Ferkser, isn't a superstar, but he's up for free agency. I'm not counting on Julio Jones at all. I mean, just looking at this roster right now, my first-round pick would be a receiver, but it might have to be a center, right guard, right tackle, tight end. Um, one of your best defensive players, Landry's ready to get a big, big payday as well. And you're 100% right. I think you need to at least consider, and my hunch is it'll be next year's project, a first-round quarterback or even a second-round quarterback, a draft-and-develop guy, someone that you don't plan on playing this year. But I'm not sure you can compete. Well, you probably can because of the nature of your division. But I don't think you can maintain this level of talent if you don't use your picks to address those things I mentioned. And it's almost like half of the offense needs you know, uh, supplemented. Right. Yeah. I forgot about Harold Landry too. And obviously yeah. the defense is a big part of that thing in Tennessee. So some work to do there. It's hard to envision them being better than they were this year. Aside That's what I was from say. just injury, yeah. you know, in better injury luck. You know, if, if AJ Brown and Derrick Henry are healthy the whole year, they might just roll through the division, but they, they need sure. to think about next January almost as much as they need to think about. I mean, it, it's it's insane, and I'm sure they wouldn't say it the way I just said it because you have to win your division first, and, and that's the goal, and I'm sure that's the way they'll go about it, but I'm not even worried about the division. I'm worried about can this team get further than they have in the playoffs as constructed and I just don't think they can. When you look at the competition, when you when you, you have to you have to compete with Kansas City and and now Buffalo, 
I mean, those teams are powerhouses. How do you take them down? Or do you just say, you know what, let's keep trying and we'll have our best day hopefully next January and we'll take them down? Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I think it'd be foolish. I think, well, I think there's an argument to blow it up, but I think it'd be foolish because you were the one seed this year. I mean, it's not time to, you know, trade Derrick Henry for a second round pick and start, and start over. I mean, there's a good foundation here, but I think you could also look at it, as you mentioned, and said these five stud AFC quarterbacks are always going to have us at a disadvantage. We have to be the most physical team in the league with the best running game and, you know, a stud receiver. And we still might not be able to compete. That still has to be our best day. You know, we got to bully the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals and those type of teams. That's tough. I mean, it's just it's tough to win that way without a, a superhero at quarterback. But I, I do think you stay the course at least one more year. But they have a lot of things they have to add. I think they're – I bet they're better this year on their best day than next year on their best day. I wonder if that's a possibility for the Titans to do something like we've seen with um, not not even to the degree that the Rams have done it or even the Cardinals, but trying to find some mercenary short-term guys and be like, okay, look, mm. we know where we're at offensively. We know what it's going to look like. It's be hard to pay them, though. Let's, yeah, let, if we can do a short-term deal, let Landry mm. walk, but maybe a one-year deal for the J.J. Watts of the world and, and some things yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I, I would I, think it would be a destination that – veterans want to go play i mean everyone loves that town vrabel's a player's coach a lot of people work out there in the off season yeah 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 i mean weather and um division looks very winnable i mean is jacksonville or houston ready to take this division over no um the colts have their issues too i mean you're still probably in the best shape right now in the south but not in the afc you're sixth in the afc Go in the south. Go in the yeah. south again. That's that. That's get the, the tournament. Titans. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay, let's get into the mailbag a little bit. We've teased the mailbag for a couple of days, and I know there was some breaking news there that took up some time with Sean Payton announcing his retirement. But uh, there are some interesting questions in the mailbag that Matt and I will get to next. How would you like to make cash back just for doing something you were already going to do? Likely listening to this podcast in your car, maybe to or from work. You're going to get gas anyway, right? How about cash back every single gallon, every single time you fill up? For 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up, cash back. Download the Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just by downloading the app for free, then use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash just gets added right back into your account. You can cash out any time to your bank account from GetUpside, uh, right to your bank, to PayPal, to an e-gift card if you want, Amazon, and tons of other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your very first tank. Everybody who gets gas needs to know about free cash back with the GetUpside app and a promo code TOUCHDOWN. Here's an idea for the new year and really your new year's resolutions at this point if you're sticking to them this is just a new way of life right for you eating healthier make sure built bar is part of that plan but how about this go to all your secret 
treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever it is, throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars so when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Most Built Bars contain only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Helps you keep satisfied too and you feel great about it built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate you get into week three four you're into february with your new year's resolutions and you're thinking man this is just not worth it where's the chocolate well guess what built bars are covered in 100 real and delicious chocolate so there are no excuses grab yourself a box of built bars tons of great flavors new flavors coming through all the time at built.com and you can even get a mixed box of built bars if you're not sure what flavor you want so go to built.com use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off your order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com two green bay packers questions matt one from Jerry, who was the commissioner of the Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League this year, by the way, he says, if Rodgers leaves Green Bay and they rebuild, isn't that possibly an unexpected good thing for Jordan Love? Suddenly no pressure to succeed and maybe he develops into a decent quarterback. Uh, second question here about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers from John. He said, is John is uh, Aaron Rodgers the most overrated quarterback of all time? People say he's the GOAT and sure, I'd agree in raw throwing talent, but he constantly falls short and escapes blame can you just put up 10 points with everything going your way Brady threw three fourth quarter picks in the title game last year and didn't score on a single one oh this is two tweets and it's going on and on here I'm trying to get to the the bottom of what he's talking about uh give me prime Brady Breeze Wilson Ben with one drive to win a game essentially is what he's trying to say and over Aaron Rodgers. Um, let's start with Jordan Love. Yes, of course, okay. Rodgers being gone is huge for for uh, for Jordan Love. It's not even an uh, unexpected good thing. That is only good things for Jordan Love. He's sat, and now you get a chance to play. Like, he can't have a career if Aaron Rodgers is still there. So, um, But I get what you mean about the pressure. There's no, you know, there's nobody right, else right. to turn to. So it's your job. Go get him, kid. If if Aaron Rodgers leaves, but they're gonna bring they're gonna bring competition for Jordan Love. I don't know I don't know how they feel about Jordan Love inside the organization, but I don't think the outside the organization we definitely haven't seen enough of Jordan Love to believe that they should believe that he's the guy and not bring in some competition. So who knows? Maybe Jordan Love wouldn't even start Week One because they bring in a veteran that turns out to be better still. Yeah, the Andy Dalton type or whatever it seemed like it mm-hmm. could be a possibility at the least. Or yeah. Rodgers stays and loves in Atlanta, Washington, Pittsburgh, whatever. You know, Honestly, you know. that might be better for love. It might be. I didn't love love. Huh, I didn't mean that to happen. Love love. <laughs> I didn't. Mean, I didn't love love coming out of school. I think he is very erratic as a passer, and I didn't see a lot of improvement. But my problem with him right now, and I think all those things are good for him. Another another city, or hand the keys of the car to him, and not have high expectations. But we're already in year three, you know, and we still don't know anything about him. <laughs> and his contract's up in two years, or you got to make a decision on the fifth year option, you know, very soon, you know. So there's just not enough time to sit around for these guys much longer. I mean, if he sits behind Rodgers for another year or sits behind Matt Ryan or something, what do we know about Jordan Love? You know, I mean, nothing really. I mean, so my hunch is he will be a one of the 32 starting quarterbacks on opening day but i say that's about a 66% chance i'm not super firm on that mm-hmm. um but i do think it's put up a shut up time i mean you've been in the league on scholarship for 2 years now 
right? Show something, or you go into the the backup bin, essentially. Yeah, right. Or the what could have been, or has been. You know, who knows? I mean, I don't know what to do with them. Um, as for Rodgers, the over most overrated quarterback of all time. <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, if you asked me a week ago who the best quarterback of all time is, I of course would tell you Tom Brady has the best resume. But if we're picking up teams. I'm picking up Aaron Rodgers. I couldn't sleep at night if I passed on Aaron Rodgers with the first overall pick in the history of the world. And that looks a little bad right now, but <laughs> playing one bad football game doesn't make you the most overrated player of all time. And I know that he has not been his best in the playoffs, and that's what it matters most. So would you rather have Terry Bradshaw? You know, No. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys have been – Eli? I mean, I've heard that comparison, you know. Man, give me Eli all day long over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that guy knows how to win. Rodgers stinks in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, what no. are we talking about here? I mean, go watch week 12. Go watch any game this year. He's the best player on the planet. Well, <laughs> I and, mean, he's phenomenal. And the names John throws out here, you know, Brady, Breeze, Wilson, Ben. Uh, did you want Wilson or Ben over Aaron Rodgers no. this year? You definitely didn't want that. Well, or, yeah, I or really he's talking this year. Yeah. I think he's talking in on their in their prime. In their prime, he's definitely he says in their prime, but still in their prime. Rodgers still was still as a no. Guys. Right. So Brady I mean, for sure. Yeah, Brady. You want Brady? You want Brady with the ball in his hands? You want him on that drive in the fourth okay. quarter? You want him yeah. to win a game? Obviously, that Tom Brady is. If that you want to say Mahomes or Allen, okay. Right. I mean, I, and their stock is through the roof right now, and Rodgers is really low right now, but. I would buy the crap out of Aaron Rodgers' stock at the way it's you know being traded yeah. at the moment. Recency bias for sure. I mean, is he somewhat overrated versus what his legacy was? Maybe, and it starts to look worse, Maybe. and that's why I would advise Tom Brady to hang it up a year too early rather than a year too late, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to see uh, the the Big Ben version of of Tom Brady next of year. Of course not. In no. a couple of years. Like, it's just, it, it doesn't help your legacy. It's not fun to watch. And, um but the Rodgers is going to win back-to-back MVPs, and oh. they're not empty calories. No, you know, well, I mean, throwing. You imagine know, if that first-round pick up. that was spent on Jordan Love was something that could have helped Aaron Rodgers throw another touchdown pass in that game last week, or someone who, to block for yeah. him because David Bakhtiari was out, or you know, uh, just mm-hmm. it, it's not. It, it's a team. It was a team loss for the Packers. You can't put all these losses on Aaron Rodgers, and he's been getting his team deep into the playoffs and winning 13 games in the regular season, too. And don't forget that not that long ago, all the things we're saying about uh, Patrick Mahomes right now, and, and especially Patrick Mahomes, just because of the arm angle stuff and the uniqueness of his arm and the way he threw, that's what we were talking about with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was that before Patrick Mahomes showed up, too. Yeah, I mean, I consider Greg Cosell, and I steal this term from Ross Tucker, who and Greg's on his uh, podcast once a week, as the, the best civilian tape study guy in history is Greg Cosell. And Greg, just this past <laughs> month, several times has said, I think Rodgers is the best passer of the football that's ever lived. Greg's done this since like mm. the 70s or 80s. I mean, and all he does is watch tape every day, all day of his life and is unbelievably smart and knowledgeable and said repeatedly on every podcast I could find with Greg, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best passer of the football in the history of the world. You know, that's pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Not that praise. <laughs> pretty good from place to start. Cosell. Yeah. Not at all. And he never turns the ball over. Let's move on to Cooper Cup. 
the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. Nick wants to know, where would you rank Cooper Cup's season amongst the all-time best seasons by a wide receiver? Just to remind folks where Cooper Cup's season ended in 2021. He ended up with the second most receiving yards ever in a season, 1,947, about 15 less than Calvin Johnson. He ended with 145 receptions in 2021, about four less than the all-time record by Michael Thomas of 149. And he ended with 16 touchdown receptions, which is you know a top 20 number, not a top five number or anything like mm-hmm. that. But a ridiculous season, not only yards, but receptions as well. He almost broke both of those records. Now, he did have one extra game to do so. He did it in 17 games versus you know 16 games for Calvin Johnson and, and Michael Thomas and, and Jerry Rice, who had 1,800 yards back in 1995, 122 receptions. An all-time season, top five season all-time, probably. Then you have to start debating number one. Do you do you do you want more yards per catch like Isaac Bruce had and uh, Charlie Hennigan back in 1961, 21 yards per catch and 1,700 yards? Uh, he had the record for a very long time before Jerry Rice broke it. Um, Cup Johnson Rice Julio's season in 2015, he had 136 catches, 1,871 yards. So, I don't know. Take your pick. It, it, it's, it, it belongs amongst those seasons. It absolutely does. Statistically. <laughs> Statistically. <laughs> Statistically, it is unbelievable. And this is going to sound like I'm giving Cooper Cup a hard time. But I don't even know if he was the best receiver in the league this year. Like, I still, still think I would rather play against Cooper Cup than Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, let alone, two, you know, what is it 2017 Randy Moss or Jerry Rice in his prime you know I mean Calvin Johnson's best day is better than everybody's you know I mean like I know that's not the question we're not talking about is Cooper Cup one of the best players to ever live at his position but we also have to recognize numbers are skewed from an extra game but even more so just because of the way the game is played now I mean I think Rice (laughs) what you witnessed Jerry Rice's best days. And yeah. again, I don't comparing cup and rice is a little unfair, but his best year, let's insert that player in the Rams offense this year in a 17 game season. Does he have 2,400 yards? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, adjusted for rules. How about every right, time right. rice caught a slant, a safety was trying to take his head off and was being told to do so by right, the right. opposing defensive coordinator, right? We have to stop this guy. If he catches a slant over the middle, take his stinking head off because we don't mm-hmm. want him catching 10 passes for 150 yards and, and two touchdowns in this game on us. And he still did that. Right. So, Let alone right. RPOs and, you know, just the percentage of passes in a game are, are so much different. Yes. Amazing season by Cup. I mean, statistically one of the best ever, even if you adjust it for – all those things, but I have a little bit of a hard time with that. You know that that boy, that's a better year than the year almost. The Calvin Johnson almost got to two thousand or whatever. Right. It, it really or is. even some of the seasons because Randy Moss's total numbers don't quite add up in receptions and yards uh, for the the best seasons all time. In fact, Randy Moss's best season in uh, two thousand three yardage wise was sixteen hundred yards. Okay. So he's not quite there statistically, but my goodness. Prime Randy Moss in 2003, that's uh, that, and harder to do it 
it's harder to be Randy Moss and Calvin Johnson than than Cooper Cup in a lot of ways. Even though Cooper Cup's Absolutely. phenomenal, and it sounds like we're hating on Cup, and we're definitely not. Like he's phenomenal. He's Stop always open. He's, yeah. I don't know where Cooper Cup is right now, but he's open at Rams practice, right? You know, like it's unbelievable what he can do. And I don't I, think it's fluky at all. No. And in fantasy drafts next year, he should be a first round pick. You know, what I mean, it's like, not his fault. It's like look. He's always open, so keep throwing him the ball, right? Target him. Right, right, right. And so the volume, obviously, is, is a big part of it. I'd probably put it behind some of those seasons that I mentioned, Calvin Johnson and Jerry Rice and uh, and, and some Randy Moss seasons. Moss. But it's up there. It's, it's it's a top 10 season of all time, for sure. Yeah. And, I, I, I again, statistically, it's right at the top, even when adjusted for his time, his era. Mm-hmm. But in terms of – and I often say this about Hall of Famers and stuff, too, like – who do I want to guard one-on-one for 60 plays? And I think you know? Travis Kelsey, in a lot of ways, it's similar in that you, when you go play the Chiefs, for example, you say, oh, gosh, I know Kelsey's going to get his. Let's let him catch the short ones and tackle him and not get beat over the top for touchdowns by Tyree Kill. And, and yeah, so yeah. the middle of the field is a little bit more open. And I think with Stafford and the Rams and, and Cooper Cup, it's, it's the same. You don't go in the same way that you – Went in a Lions game trying to stop Calvin Johnson or, or 49ers with Jerry Rice or, you know, the Vikings sure. or the, the Patriots with Randy Moss back in the day. You you almost say, OK, we'll give him that stuff. Don't hit us with the big step o- over the top. We'll tackle him and rally to the football and, you know, hopefully get the ball back and score. So that's and the the high the super super high volume short stuff and we've seen a lot of seasons from you know the Patriots making it famous with uh, with Brown and Welker and Edelman and all those guys they're borderline it's borderline running game in in some ways and Cooper Cup isn't isn't that extreme and he wins in more places but again like you said I would probably be more afraid of Devonte Adams still than Cooper Cup yes and he's much more than a slot and I keep talking about statistically yes. And there are some things he does on the football field, especially this year, that there are no statistics for. I mean, he blocks linebackers. I mean, he he has some use check-like usage in terms of blocking on the move and his physicality and his toughness and after the catch and all those type of things. So I'm not discrediting what he totally is as a football player and just say he's purely a slot guy either. But this is probably an off-season conversation like when you talk Welker and Edelman for Hall of Fame and all-time greats and things like that, those slot machines to me are probably not quite as valuable as their numbers imply. Quick one from Quite Terrific here. He says, uh, still Penny Sewell and Terrace Marshall. And so he's asking. <laughs> I think he's shooting this your way, right? Yeah, he's shooting this my way. Um, I thought Terrace Marshall was a great pick in the second round. Uh, Penny Sewell, he's probably talking about the Bengals selection. I think in hindsight, it's very oh, clear yeah, that the Bengals made the correct decision. But guess what? The Bengals have number one on their list in uh, in the draft whenever their season ends, even if they win a Super Bowl. They're still looking for offensive linemen, so they still need to do that. But when you find someone as good as uh, Jamar Chase has been for the Bengals. Obviously, they made the right decision with the fifth overall pick to go with that wide receiver versus an offensive lineman, even with their quarterback coming off of a, a, a knee injury the way he was. So, yeah, absolutely. They made the right decision. The Bengals did. So, um, yeah. I mean, of course, but we could do that with every million, you know, every draft pick in the history of the world. You know, a year right. later, 
you know, who would you rather take? We didn't have that luxury talking about it going in. I remember I preferred Chase, you preferred Sewell, but I was not strong about my stance saying both these things would greatly help this offense and your quarterback. But what I will say is I will be highly critical of the Bengals if they don't sign and or draft three starting offensive linemen because they have the capability to do it and then look out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and the offensive line, to, to, to the Bengals' credit, and obviously a talent like Jamar Chase is more difficult to find, and offensive line is still a unit of five people and not one player. So let's say Penny Sewell is a superstar and you still have four swinging gates, which isn't necessarily what the, where the Bengals are. But if you did have that, it doesn't help like someone like Jamar Chase, who's undefendable in some cases, could be for you. So look, if, if you fix your offensive line elsewhere, then you're still in good shape. I have a question for you, actually. I'm sorry I should have opened the segment with this one. But considering the, the area of the country you're in, Barry Bonds, should he be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> it's also a Pittsburgh thing, too. When, I think well, right, yeah. It, Pittsburgh, he was – so here – yes, easy – short answer is He's yes. He's the best baseball player I ever saw. He, he, should be the, the, he should be the second guy that, have, that gets in this week, and the first guy should have been Pete Rose. So – it's a okay. joke that neither one we of those agree. guys is in, and, and Pete Rose should go in first because he he got in trouble for stuff that didn't even happen as a player. Right, right it's right. insane. the The guy with the most hits all time, the guy with the most home runs all time, are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, but beyond on that, the field, I don't know anyone that's better than Bonds. Oh, so the and difference, I understand why, and, and but even before that, the difference in career war wins above replacement for Barry Bonds. His career war, the difference between him and Big Poppy that just did get into the Hall of Fame, the only player that right, got right. into the Hall of Fame. The difference between the two is A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez's entire career. That's how much better <laughs> Bonds' career was then. So big poppy plus A-Rod equals Bonds. Career wins above replacement, yes. Wow. Is Bonds the best ever? I'm, I'm, I have no clue what I'm Oh, numbers-wise, yeah. I mean, it was, it was Babe Ruth stuff, what he was doing versus the competition. Um it's it's pretty unbelievable, and he's his average his twenty two year career average were, were MVP numbers, essentially. Yeah, thirty five home I runs, mean, and yeah, it's just. I read some crazy things just about his walks. You know, I'm trying to find it right now. Like he was walked, he was intentionally walked forty one times when the bases were empty over a three year stretch. Yes, yes, <laughs> he was intentionally walked with the bases loaded once right 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 uh no it's it's pretty unbelievable bond and and the argument obviously is not about what he did as a player for the reason he should be in but sure an overarching answer to your question less nfl hall of fame but but definitely baseball hall of fame this is why i hate the hall of fame and i've talked about this before and i Baseball's know you you love the, it, yeah. the hall of fame conversation for me i don't care the yeah, Hall of Fame yeah, yeah. No, does not matter at all to me. It's stupid. It has. It somehow got this like really important, huge importance. It's, it's just some people voted on this thing at a museum. It has no bearing on anything. What you your career is the thing, right? Yeah. So the the Hall of Fame. I don't know why it's in the back of everyone's minds and it's such a huge important thing. It doesn't matter. It's a club that writers vote for. Who cares? You and I could make our own up right now and say, who's in the Hall of Fame? Well, only two baseball players ever. Pete Rose and and Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. That's the Hall of Fame now. We'll wrap this thing up, but I had to bring it up. I mean, just because that's the news of the day, it seems like. And 
uh, I know so little about baseball, but it just seems like a bunch of old curmudgeon-y sports writer yeah. baseball guys. Absolutely. You know, he wasn't nice school. to the he wasn't nice to right. the writers, and so he's not going to get in. Yeah, I mean, and, football. I know a lot of the voters and things. So, I, and, and obviously, I have, a, I have a say, and I can speak intelligently on it. But right. back yeah. to our wide receiver combo, you know. What pitcher in the world, every pitcher in the world would pick anyone at the plate besides Barry Bonds to pitch to? Yes, absolutely. He's, yeah. He would be the last player in the history of baseball that you'd want to th- throw to in his prime. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That period. says it's pretty much. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the Hall of Fame. Uh, I can't stand the Hall of Fame. That's why I hate the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and it's like this conversation. It's like, yeah, who gets in, who doesn't? And I understand if you want to not vote anybody who's associated with PEDs to get in cool but that means poppy can't either because he tested positive yeah right? okay so, that, that was the thing I wasn't so be consistent just be consistent yeah, yeah, yeah. none of them are in which means the entire era pretty much no players will be we'll allowed go. to be in the hall of fame and that ruins your hall your hall you know it ruins your whole thing if you do that so you can't really do that so you kind of just have to let the guys be in there um but it doesn't matter to me my own Hall of Fame is different. Guys like Will Clark and Roger Craig are in my personal Hall of Fame, and they're not going to get into the real Hall of Fames in, in football or baseball. So whatever. You have your Hall. I don't care about it. I, I have my own thoughts on players, and uh, the Hall of Fame argument is just exhausting, and I can't stand it. And it's that's why I'm anti I, I can certainly see it, especially with baseball. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. There you have it. I had to throw it out there. Uh, but you know who's in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion, too? Matt Williamson. My co-host, oh, Matt Williamson, every day. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, everybody. For your <laughs> second listen, you want more Matt Williamson, check out the Locked On Dynasty football podcast right here on the network. I'm doing Locked On 49ers. Uh, you've got Locked On Bets, talking about the entire sporting world every day. All of the podcasts on the network are free and on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Matt and I back tomorrow. Let's find out about Ryan Poles in the new direction for the Chicago Bears with the host of Locked On Bears, Lauren Cox. And of course, we are going to start getting deeper into those NFC and AFC championship games Absolutely. this week. It's championship weekend right here. Peacock and Williamson.